Hi everyone, this is Katarina from Footprint. In this episode, we learn from Tamara Staten, founder of Thriving Solar and Changing Young Climate. She's a trainer, facilitator and consultant, driving positive change towards a more sustainable future. She joined us during the live event from Portland, the United States, and shared her views on actions with impact. We hope you enjoy the episode. So good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. My name is Tamara Staten, and I want to thank each and all of you for being here with us this morning, this evening, and whenever you happen to be watching this, if you're not live. So Danielle and Sebastian, I first want to thank you for the invitation to participate in this inaugural event. It's very, very exciting, and it's an honor to be here with both of you and all of you as, as panelists and all of you as participants to be in such powerful company with people who care about this as much, if not more, than I do. I don't know if it's possible to care more than I do, but I like to think that it is, so, so I don't feel so alone. While I've been actively working on climate change for nearly 10 years now, I haven't really spent as much time focused on what the individual can do. <clears throat> but when I opened my inbox about a week after Sebastian invited me, I found an email entitled, What is the Most Important Thing an Individual Can Do? With a link to Bill McKibben's article on the topic. So my guess is that many, if not all of you in this conference or in this virtual space know who Bill McKibben is. And if that's the case, <clears throat> go ahead and let us know in the chat with a quick yes in your native language. Bill McKibben and his organization 350.org was my doorway into climate work and he was quite an inspiration for me. So Bill McKibben encourages us to be a little less of an individual and shares about how long it took to realize for him and the organization how important individual action is that as important sorry as important as individual action is it's not the way that we're going to solve this crisis we're way past the point that you can make the math work one phrase at a time so i couldn't agree more and i would also like to add my spin and additional perspective so i would like to propose that instead of becoming less of an individual, I would encourage each of you to become more you, the best you even, and to dive deep into a collective we effort. So before we explore those two ideas, let's get to know you a little bit. And as strange as that may be, because I can't see you, but you can see me, it's like doing a presentation through like a two-way weird window. Um, it's always It always helps me to create a little sense of relatedness. So, and I think it's more fun for you as well. So what I've done is I've created um, a little poll for us. Um, so it's an online poll and I would love for you to play along. So with your smartphone or with your computer, go to pollev.com. And panelists can do this too, pollev.com. That's P-O-L-L-E-V.com. And in the prompt, enter CCL123, all one word. If it asks for your name, you don't have to enter it. Anonymous is totally fine. So pollev.com and enter CCL123, and this works from anywhere in the world. So once you're there, go ahead and drop a pin on the map. Um, so I'm gonna go there now, and I'm going to find out. I'm gonna share my screen here so that we can see what is happening with people, and uh, that will be fun. So no surprise, we've got Germany, all right. Oh, look at some peeps in my corner. I am over there in Portland on the West Coast, the left coast as we call it. Wow, look at that. South America, nice, more Europeans. It's a little hard to see the detail, but that's great. Wow, that looks like South of Mexico, Southern US, 
maybe Texas near Canada, or oh, maybe that could be Wisconsin up there. That is exciting. Hawaii, oh my gosh, yes, that is cool. That must be Zoe, very exciting. Anyway, um, go ahead and you can keep adding your pins. That looks like that could be, oh, that's central, oh, that's mm, France. Mm -hmm. So, so cool. So clearly it's going to take uh, a world community for us to do this. And so it's really exciting for me to be able to see your pins dropping all over the place. Um, so let me go ahead and switch screens here and get back over here. All right, here we go. So one more thing, do my tech here. All right, great. So I want to circle back to the original point that I made in response to Bill McKibben's article about being your best you and offering what you, offering that you to the effective collective effort. And here's the underlying belief that makes that all possible, at least from my perspective. You matter. And I'll say it again, that might, and that might sound totally ridiculous and like a bunch of woo-woo therapy talk, but I bring it up because if we assume the opposite, that we don't matter, then none of it does. What I do doesn't matter, what I contribute to doesn't matter, what I think doesn't matter. And if that's the case, then why would I even consider contributing to an effort when it doesn't matter what I do because my voice is too small or my ideas are dumb or I don't know enough or I'm too new. So I'll say it again, you matter. And your voice matters, which naturally brings us to exactly what Helena was talking about. What about my actions? So here's what I have to say about your actions. Your actions matter, matter and they matter most in community. Think Greta, what has she done, right? There are all sorts of examples. But I also like to think about nature. And uh, I think that we can look to nature and history for good examples of how it matters, how our impacts matter in communities. So um, impactful climate action is like a raindrop. One or two raindrops did not carve the Grand Canyon. It took the collective effort of many, many raindrops. And the same situation for the Great Wall of China. It wasn't built by one individual. And the same for the fall of the Berlin Wall. It didn't fall because of one or two people. It took a lot and a lot of people and a lot of situation change, right? So if you take nothing away from today, remember this. If not, sorry, if you take nothing else away from today, from what I'm saying, remember this. It takes a collective effort, person by person, piece by piece, all working together in an organized manner, consistently, committedly, over time, by people who matter, just like you. So just like filling out the map, right? It, it matters when more of us do it because it totally changes our perspective and it changes um, what we see and then what is possible. So as a reminder, here is the global impact equation that I created for you and for us to remember the second key takeaway of the day, which is more you, plus effective collective equals positive climate impact. So let us dive into one side of that equation. Of course, we're gonna start with you because that's who matters, right? So now we get to dive into becoming more you and let's see what that might look like. And I think Joey Clifton of Sustainable You sums it up really well. And here's what she says. 
The challenge that lies before us is many things, not least massive, overwhelming, paralyzing, and exciting. It requires all of us to stand up and get outside of our comfort zones and be our biggest and best selves. Stand up, get outside of our comfort zones. Do that now if you're up for it. I would do it, but then you'd be looking at my belly and that would be weird. But for some of us, becoming our best selves is fun and enjoyable. And some of us hate it, right? It's like she said, paralyzing and exciting. It's like that, that animal that Helena had in her slideshow where you just wanna roll up into a ball and do our best to just not think about it, protect ourselves, right? But for everyone, so in regards to becoming our best selves, like I was saying, some of us hate it, but for everyone, there are bumps in the road. And it does require that we look the uncomfortable in the face. And as one of my favorite people says, Marley Williams, do our best to get fun, comfortable. It's my new favorite word. So I try to say it whenever I can. So I'm a list person. I get way less overwhelmed when I can break things down into smaller parts and consider what's involved on a smaller scale. So here's how I break down some of the bigger pieces involved in becoming more you for you and the world. So it's important to understand that although this list is linear on this two-dimensional screen that you're watching it on, in reality, it's not linear at all. So meaning you can start integrating play right now. In fact, I dare you. What could you do right now to add a little zest to your life? You could squish your face all up like this and cut really close to the camera, except we can't see you. So, but that would still add zest to your life, right? Because you might make yourself laugh. You could do a little dance as I'm talking to you, right? You could just like start moving around. You could get your squishy toy and play with that, right? You could, you could add something, a super crazy word to the chat that if I were not running this presentation, I would actually go in and laugh and look at all your words, but I can't see them right now. So, but I will laugh later if you happen to add some. So anyway, even though you can grow yourself, even though grow yourself awareness is at the top of the list, it will, and it will impact all of the other areas if you do, for you to do that, it's not what you have to start with. In fact, I'm gonna talk about these in a totally different order just to make that point. So let's dive into, um, a couple pieces that I think would could use a bit more description, like build your resilience. So resilience is defined, when I looked up, as a human ability to recover quickly from adversity, misfortune, or disruptive change without being overwhelmed or acting in, a dis, in dysfunctional or harmful ways. So think about that for a minute. Recover quickly from adversity, misfortune, or disruptive change. Any of that ring a bell? Climate change, perhaps? Without being overwhelmed? How nice would that be? Or acting in dysfunctional or harmful ways? I'm tempted to ask you to share in the chat if you've act or ever acted dysfunctionally or in harmful ways, but I already know the answer because all of us do at times. So by building our resilience, we create a more solid foundation for us to stand on in the face of climate change. Again, I, I'm coming back to that compass that Helena just shared which is so cool on the right-hand side, right? It's like working on us helps us work on everything else. It just is all interconnected, totally biodiversity. I completely agree. So I also want to speak to a moment for a moment about play. Uh, actually, not yet. I'm going to speak first about increasing your capacity, and then I'm going to talk about play. But maybe I made you want to know what I'm going to talk about after that. So 
According to Oxford, capacity is defined as the maximum amount that something can contain or produce. So think emotions here. The maximum amount of overwhelm or sadness or fear or disappointment that someone can hold or handle before breaking down. Or think action. The maximum amount of action that someone can produce. We want big, big action for the climate, right? We want big emotional capacity so we don't roll up into a little ball like that poor little animal. And we do this through skillful practice over time, changing our neural structure, action by action, thought by thought, in a way that is more supportive for what we need in our lives right now. So now, now I get to talk about play. I could talk about this all day, but I just have a few minutes for this topic. So um, I wanna talk about play because most of us adults sorely misunderstand the concept. And so there are a few key points that I really wanna highlight. Play is a state of mind, first of all. What you are doing is not what determines whether it's play or not. It's how it makes you feel, right? So you could, I like to use the word joy also, right? But I think play is fun because there's a sense of lightness to play. There is a sense of lightness to joy, but there's not as much of an image of how we actually integrate it into our lives. The other thing that gets really confused is that play is not just for kids, right? Like squishing your face up and like going all in close to the camera that like, we could all do that. Like, what if we all did that more? How fun would that be? I mean, maybe not, maybe not that part, but all sorts of things, right? Like, just make yourself laugh. I, I swear, it's really fun. So if you know anything about the benefit, bene, benefits, the benefits of meditation, that's a cool word though, benefits. If you know anything about the benefits of meditation and the benefits of, for your whole brain and how it integrates your whole brain, play is just as good according to the research, seriously. So you could meditate or you could play or you could do both, I dare you. So here's my last assertion is that play can help us solve climate change. Because of these tremendous benefits for whole brain integration, it's a huge piece of becoming your best you. I know it can feel awkward to combine the concept of joy and climate change. I know we're not supposed to joke about these things that are serious, right? I totally get it. but there's definitely a time and a place, right? And integrating more play and joy will make a difference. So here's my question. What if, what if working on climate change were as fun for people as watching a football, basketball, or rugby match? How can we sell out tickets to the climate change stadium? That is what I like to explore. So if you want to work on that with me, let me know, because I'm in. So, and in regards to elevating your energy, while there are specific things that we can do, if we do all of these other things on the list, we will have more energy, period. So I'm gonna illustrate a few of these things, starting with growing your self-awareness. And I've created another full poll for us to play with, which looks like some of you have already found this poll, so that's pretty cool. Um, if you haven't gone there yet, go back to pollev.com, and P-O-L-L-E-V.com, and enter CCL123. You don't need to do that if you're already there. And this is gonna allow each of us to dive into um, growing our self-awareness a little bit by really like exploring what do we actually care about? So the question I have for you, which I didn't put on the screen, but I'm just gonna go here, next, going next, is to what, in one word, what drives your commitment to sustainability? So let's see what we got. So go ahead and add your words. What, what one word, if you need to cheat and add two, just put a, a dot in between them with no spaces. So like 
big trees would be big dot trees. Okay, so that's my question for you. Go ahead and add that now. Let's see what kind of commitments exist. Love, look how big love is. And when the words are really big, that means more people have, have shared that. So, oh my gosh, this is so cool. I hope somebody ends up taking a screenshot of this before we, Kaya, oh, that means maybe my family might be on. Oh my goodness, that warms my heart. Uh, my daughter's name is Kaya. Uh, life, or maybe somebody else has a daughter named Kaya. That's really cool. Life, love, happiness, future generations, betterment. I have tears in my eyes. This is so cool. Well-being, I love it. Better. I wonder if that being has two B's in it, has two E's in it because of B's outside. That is very, very cool. Anyway, improvement, happiness, experience, nature, big one for me. Health. I just want to sit here and watch this grow all day long. This is really, really, this is so cool. You guys are awesome. Thank you for participating. <sighs> all right. Privilege, impact. All right. I should probably keep moving on, but I'm going to take a screenshot of that one. If somebody else wants to also, that would be awesome. Anyway, anyway, man, now I'm a little distracted because that was really, really cool. So, oh, I got to go back to my thing here. Feel free to watch that grow on your own screen. I can't watch it grow because I need to keep on going here. But um, anyway, where was I? A little distracted. So as I was saying, one of the first steps to becoming more you is to know yourself a little better. And that is a really Considering your commitment is a really, really great place to start. So I have a little, that was that slide. So I have a little story for you to illustrate some of the pieces that are required for becoming your best you. So when Sebastian and I first jumped online together a number of weeks ago in a conversation about this event, I was super excited and inspired. He asked me about my perspectives and what I might share and what I do and all my ideas flowed freely. Like it was like, wow, this is what I do, what I talk, what I would talk about and what I think I might share about. And I got off the call feeling super inspired. That's number one on the screen. Super inspired. I felt a ton of gratitude. I was excited to be a part of this inaugural event. I was super excited about, about their dream and their mission to build this organization and this app. And then sitting at the dinner table, I remember this distinctly. I felt this overwhelming sense of like, oh my gosh, what have I agreed to? What have I done? There's so many things that I could share to a group of people who care about climate change, about the impact that they could have. And I just sort of began to feel a sense of dread. Like my, all my to-do lists set in, all my stress set in, and then I began to feel sort of stuck. Like, what, what am I gonna share? How am I ever going to do this, right? And I felt pretty overwhelmed with the task. But the good news was that I, um, I know this about myself, that I tend to do that. I get inspired and then I get stuck. Um, and I've, over the years, I've figured out how to get unstuck. And that is to really like, and that's the self-aware piece. So I recognized the pattern and I thought, um, I thought to myself, okay, what do I need right now? What would make me feel unstuck or what would make me feel inspired again? How can I get back to that place of, being inspired without calling Sebastian and asking him to have another conversation, which he probably would have done, but you know, can't always rely on other people to make me feel better. So um, three of my favorite things, uh, being in nature with loud music on in my ears and uh, moving my body. I don't necessarily love running um, in every moment, but I do realize that it has brought me a lot. So, uh, and I have this new favorite Peloton coach. So I went on a run, 
with my new favorite virtual coach who has no idea who I am, but I totally love him. And uh, it took a bit to find my groove as it usually does. But after 10 minutes, I was had my voice recorder out and had all my ideas going on. So anyway, I ask you, do you recognize any of those same patterns in yourself? Right? What can we know about ourselves so that we can get unstuck and get into action for the world? Because that's what it's going to do. Um, and if you happen to recognize any of those patterns in yourself, feel free to add them in a phrase, a phrase or two, because when I do get a chance to look at the chat, I would love to see what those are. So now we get to do a little something different before we talk about the collective effort, which is very important. Now we get to do a little practice because developing your best self takes a lot more than just talk. So if you'd like to play along, I'm going to walk you through a very brief practice. It's just going to take a minute or two of tuning into your body and noticing where your body ends and where the environment starts. So this could be weird. I know some of you maybe have never done this. I've actually done this a couple times online. So go ahead and by start by settling into your seat. I'm noticing Daniel did that. So that's nice that I can see him out of the corner of my eye right there. Thank you for playing along. I noticed Helena. Yes, and Amruta too. So settle into your seat a bit more than you were. Take a deep breath. One of those deep breaths that reminds your shoulders that they get to relax also. And if you'd like, and you're comfortable doing this, since none of us can really see you, go ahead and relax your gaze or close your eyes. And now I'd like to just have you start by noticing your feet. I'm gonna see if I can do this with you. So don't be surprised if I close my eyes. So notice your feet. You can, it, it can help to just wiggle your toes a little bit. And notice, see if you can notice your feet from the inside out. Just notice all of the cells moving around. It can be a little bit challenging to do for the first time, but I, it's a pretty fun practice to do with, over time. So now move your attention from your feet to your hands. Just sometimes it helps to just think about them, envision them. You could even look at them if you, if you wanted to, if your eyes are open. And notice the pulsation of energy. Sometimes there's more energy. I notice more energy at the tips of my fingers. Maybe notice if there's any temperature difference between your hands and the rest of the space. Maybe your hands may feel a little bit cooler than the rest of your body. Maybe there's a little bit of a chill on them or warmth. And now go ahead and move your attention to your heart. Actually, before your heart, it'll get, it'll get its time, but before your heart, move your attention to your head. And just notice how your head balances on top of your body, how it's just sitting there. And if it doesn't feel like it's just sitting there, see if you can get it to feel like it's just sitting there, like your neck muscles don't quite have to work quite as hard. Just notice maybe your ears, maybe your cheekbones, maybe your jaw. I know my jaw gets tight sometimes. Go ahead and take another deep breath as you're doing this. Don't forget to breathe because that's pretty important for us to breathe. And now your heart gets the attention. Now move your attention from your head to your heart. And just see if you can find 
your heartbeat. I like to think that about how the fact that when I'm talking, I have no idea that my heart is beating, but as soon as I notice it, it's really easy for me to find. Maybe because I've been all over the place, maybe it's a little harder for you to find your heartbeat, but. So now, last piece before we come back together into the space is to just see if you can feel the edges of your body. Just bring your attention to where your body ends. Maybe in, in your legs, the edges of your arms, the edges of your shoulders. And now, go ahead and slowly open your eyes if they were closed or bring your attention back to the room and still try to feel that edge with your eyes open. It's a little bit harder with your eyes open, but go ahead and look around, still trying to maintain that edge, that, that awareness of your edge. And then go ahead and bring your attention back to us here, back to me. So as you might've imagined, thank you for playing along if you did. Um, as you might've imagined, it, I had us do this practice to begin to create a felt sense of me in the we space. And when we have practiced feeling into ourselves when we're alone, it's easier to find ourselves and feel value when we are in a bigger collective, which is what we get to talk about next. So we're going to explore briefly this area, this, this space of the we, and how to choose uh, an effective collective effort for your best you to, to contribute with, to contribute with and connect to. So the question naturally begs to be asked, what makes a climate effort effective? And since you're on this call, I think it's a fair assumption to make that for me, that you wanna put your energy into something that's actually going to make a difference in the world. I can't imagine it would be otherwise. So I'm just gonna speak with that assumption. So for me, it was helpful to think of these in terms of questions that I then answered on the slide for you in the one, two, three that you see. So the question about how quickly does it have the impact that we need to create? Is it achievable, organized, well-run, et cetera? Does it light me up and align with my values? So clearly the first two matter in regards, in regards to global effectiveness, right? And the third one is more personal, but similarly important because if the science checks out, but there's no one to work on it, then what good is it to us as humans, right? So I'm gonna go into a little bit of detail on each of these with special attention to number one. This is the most complicated slide in my slide deck, so bear with me here. I'm gonna to try to get through, through some relatively complicated details. But So in 2016, the 195 nations who signed the Paris Agreement asked the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, the IPCC, to study the implications of a 1.5 degree global temperature target. And their report, pictured here entitled Global Warming of 1.5 Degrees Celsius was released in October 2018. And this report clarifies the benefits of holding the modern day rise in global temperature to 1.5 degrees Celsius rather than, two, rather than two degrees Celsius. So staying below 1.5 degrees Celsius requires cutting fossil fuel greenhouse emissions by at least 40% by 2030 and near 100% by 2050. That's a lot and will also require some, some removal of CO2 from the, atmosphere, from the atmosphere through extensive reforestation, large-scale ag 
agricultural changes and bioenergy with carbon capture. I'm, and I'm picturing some of the slides that Helena just showed also. So the IPCC report underscores the importance of quickly adopting strong carbon pricing as well is one of the ways that we're gonna get through this. So to come back to the question and following response I initially proposed to you, you might ask if your collective effort is effective on a grand scale, and if that matters to you, then you can assess if or how quickly it will help us maintain a 1.5 degrees Celsius temperature rise. So it's also helpful to consider whether the climate, collective climate effort that you're considering is achievable. Does it have a chance of succeeding? Is it doable? How organized is it? Is it attracting or repelling people and how? Can it actually achieve the goals that it has set out for itself? And if it doesn't, what then? What then, if it, if it doesn't and if it can't? And what would be the reasons that you'd participate? Which brings us back to the last metric on the list. Does it light me up? Does it align with my values? Does participating with this group do any of the things that will also help me become my best me? like infusing my life with joy or helping me be more aware or giving me more energy. And again, it doesn't have to be this, right? But we don't live forever and we might only have this one sweet life. So we may as well do our best to savor the world while we're working hard to save it. One of my favorite quotes from E.B. White, an American writer. So I recognize that not everyone wants to go for the biggest and most impactful. It could be that you choose an effort to align with what does, a sim what does a smaller thing really well? And there's value in that for sure. But when it comes to addressing the question about the most impactful thing that an individual can do, is a question that I started asking myself about 10 years ago. Big impact matters. And so that's why I put all of my climate collective energy, all of my collective effort eggs into one basket with the Citizens Climate Lobby, um, advocating for a carbon fee and dividend. So I recognize that that's a bit of a mouthful for those of you who may be new to the concept. So here's a simpler version to provide the umbrella for the details I'm about to provide. So I'm working to pass a national law that charges polluters and returns all the money to the people, which has a ton of benefits and details and deserves about two hours more than I have here. But in a nutshell, here are the highlights. So first I'll speak to what makes carbon fee and dividend effective, since that's our theme here, effective, my theme here, our theme. And then I'll give you a primer on how it works, a very brief primer. And please know that some of these specifics are referring to the bill that we have in the US Congress right now with 80 co-sponsors called the Energy Innovation and Carbon Dividend Act. So this law meets the criteria for large scale change through incentives that are fair for, in order to produce a healthier planet. So to start with are the massive carbon reductions worldwide, 40% in the first 12 years, 90% reduction by 2050. If you happen to remember the last complicated slide that I shared you, with you, IPCC wants us to get to 100% by 2050. So that's, we're very close with this one, with this one thing. Um, and I won't call it a little thing, it's a big thing, right? So depending upon when the bill is passed, we could reach 90% reduction by 2050. So it's also supported by economists and scientists as simple and comprehensive. So there are multiple other benefits that make this policy, carbon fee and dividend, effective, which I highly encourage you to look at at citizensclimatelobby.org. But for now, let me tell you the basics of how it works. And again, 
super, super basics, okay? So carbon fee and dividend puts a fee on carbon. It makes carbon more expensive. It charges the polluters and it does this um, upstream. So at the very, very top of the eco economy, right? So as soon as it comes into the country, as soon as it comes out of the ground, a fee is assessed on it. Then it goes into this coffer, billions of dollars. And then it is returned immediately to households for them to do whatever they need to do with it, right? It doesn't matter how they spend the money. Most people are going to spend the money in the local economy and that's gonna create jobs. Um, the third part, the third leg of the stool, the carbon fee and dividend stool, is a border carbon adjustment. And that's what makes it really impactful for, for us as a global community because a border carbon adjustment basically means that imported goods coming into the country where the law exists. So let's say the law gets passed in the United States, because it will, right? I'm just gonna say that it's gonna get passed. So imported goods coming into the US, um, they're going to be also subject to the same carbon fee that the rest of us paying, are paying in this country. And if Germany, if when Germany enacts a carbon fee and dividend, then we as the United States, we will also be paying that German fee, right? So what that does is it motivates all the other countries around the world to have their own carbon fee. And that's what we need. We need all the countries charging fees. And by the way, there are already a lot of countries that are have, have carbon fees in place or carbon trading um, structures. So this is already happening. So in a nutshell, carbon fee and dividend is going to drive down carbon pollution and bring climate change under control while unleashing technology, innovation, and ingenuity. So I want to take a minute to talk about the advocacy side, the using my voice side, the one that matters, the voice that matters, yours matters, mine matters, to work towards the changes that I know will make a big impact. So I talked earlier about how our actions matter most in community. And for this reason, I've chosen Citizens Climate Lobby to be my driver of big change as the electric Tesla engine behind passing carbon fee and dividend. So I chose CCL back in 2012 because of the simplicity of the solution that they were advocating for, carbon fee and dividend that I just mentioned. So realistically, there are always going to be people who are too fill in the blank to change their behavior for the good of the world. It's just reality, right? There are gonna be people who are too tired or too overwhelmed or too busy or too oppressed or too doubtful, all sorts of reasons. But if we gave them a simple reason to change their behavior, like giving them more affordable options than the expensive ones and that the, the, the more affordable ones are the ones that are good for the world and the more expensive ones are the ones that pollute the air, they'll change their behavior. They will because 99% of the people are going to choose the cheaper option and that's enough. So that's what putting a price on carbon does. Attaching a dividend protects the lower and middle incomes, in a nutshell. So I've also stayed with CCL for many additional reasons, which I've broken into three categories. Their approach, the reach they have, and their core values overlap and align with many of mine. And I use they and we interchangeably because in many ways I am a part of this organization. So in a sense, it's very much we. So just to dive in briefly, um, in addition to the large legislative goal, I appreciate that folks from CCL put on respect and appreciation for everyone. Regardless of how you feel about climate change, regardless of where you sit on the political spectrum, we all come, we come from a place of respect, gratitude, and appreciation. And that's really the only rule that exists in the organization. So 
Such an approach naturally supports trusting and beneficial relationships, which I very much appreciate as well, and believe it's a key component of moving forward successfully. I also think it's ingenious to structure an organization by congressional district so that constituents have a really easy opportunity to use their voice. You know, that one that matters, that voice that matters. So I've also really appreciated CCL's focus on education. And actually CCL's non-lobbying arm is called Citizens Climate Education. And the idea of educating those of us with less experience or know-how or understanding, that's key too, right? It's like we were talking about with transparency, how do I know what's gonna be the most effective thing? So I wanna also um, talk about the reach. So again, I could talk for much longer than I have, but I feel really impressed with the fact that, that CCL has 194,000 supporters around the world. Uh, um 594 chapters around the world 100 in 105 international chapters in 33 countries including i picked some cool ones here thank you uh bangladesh burundi chile germany has five chapters even madagascar has an active chapter i looked at that last night pretty cool and there are places like romania or united arab emirates that don't yet have a chapter but we can start a chapter there i encourage you to start one so Core values, I also love the list of core values that CCL strives for, strives for and lives by. Focus, optimism, diversity, being nonpartisan, integrity, and personal power. This list won't align with everyone's values, I totally get that. But that's why I bring it up, because coming back to committing yourself to an effective collective we effort for the climate also includes you choosing what lights you up. It needs to work for you and for us in order for it to be effective in your everyday life. So, while my teaching background is in German and Spanish and not in algebra, I'm quite clear on the value of balancing and completing an equation. So I bring us back to that global impact equation that I shared earlier. On the side of becoming more you, I wanna mention a few specifics of what I do regarding supporting individuals. Last year, I founded a program called Climate Camp, which is a workshop retreat that integrates joy builds resilience, and deepens effective climate leadership. We are currently working on developing future programs, including online workshops of varying lengths, and would love to include you or facilitate an event for your group. So let us know. And as the founder of Changing Your Climate, I also facilitate engaging meetings for groups and organizations and support individuals in integrating joy and resilience into their lives in a way that positively impacts their climate environment. So, I'd be happy to explore any of this with you or to schedule a free discovery call when you're ready. As you see on the screen, I've also created a resource for you called Elevate Your Energy for the Climate in Four Simple Steps. That's free to download from my website, changingyourclimate.com. And at citizensclimatelobby.org, you can learn anything and more that you might wanna know about the organization, specifics about fee and dividend, the bill in Congress right now, or how to join or start a chapter if you're interested. I highly recommend the introductory session that happens live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific. That's how I got my start, and I'd love for you to get yours there too. And I can assure you that having a supportive community of people who care about the climate as much, if not more than you do, has offered me more than words can fully express. So before I wrap things up, I have one last opportunity for you to engage with me in the chat. What are your biggest takeaways from my presentation? I would love to be able to read about them when I have a chance to look at them. And with that, I want to just thank you. It's been an honor to be in your company and to be invited to participate in this fantastic event. Thank you.